Hey, this is Ronja Kaminski from the Pinpricks. Greetings from Germany, and you are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor. What? The Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor and nobody? No. Somebody. Me. Lee Gerstman. Why aren't I on that thing? I want recognition! Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. All right, man, you're on the free form rock. You know where the fuck you're at. And uh, before we get started, before I introduce, you know, uh, Lee, we just got to say something about Lee. The fucker's going part time on this show now. So after this episode. If, if, if part time. Well, you're going to go every other week, unless Oop. you change your well, mind Well, I'm not sure. What the fuck, man? <laughs> you, you, so is it, you're going to fuck yeah, change you your mind and go full-time? You said that over? I would be part-time. I just said I didn't really care to do it. You said you would like to do it every other week, and I agree I, with I, 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 I didn't say that, but, but, but you interpreted as that, and I didn't correct you. I said, Lee, uh, uh, you, would you like to do it? You said, I want to do it every two weeks. So that's every I other week. I didn't say that. I, 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 one time I said that. Let's, let's just say I, I, I'm not, I, I, I don't, I just said that I, I have different things going on in my life and I don't want to necessarily be tied down to it. And did that's I, did what I, I say meant. I was going to tie you down? No. But, but, but that's, that's, that's. That, that's well, dude, not if you want if you want to skip a week of every other week, then then tell me. I'll fucking just get Jerry or Charles, like the other two co-hosts. Well, I understand. Show okay, okay. Let's let's. It, we, we don't need me, to get into it for a long time on hey, here. Let me say one thing though. You definitely need to be on this YouTube pop horse shit. Oh, he's on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be on that. We've already talked we about that. episode because Mark just has to fucking punish me with this. You two with the my fan. Hi, my fan out there. I know you're listening. Love you. But anyway, hey folks, I'm Charles Trainer from the uh, Mark and Jerry with Charles BS Sessions. Back to you, Mark. All right, uh, uh, Lee, and I'm not else? trying to bitch at you, you know. So I, I was just answering you, but. I'm in a good mood, so so I, I didn't mean for you to feel like your feelings are hurt. That's all I want to say. Oh, my feelings aren't hurt, dude. I, I'm okay with you doing whatever you want. I just don't like okay. you hanging it over my head every fucking week when you get pissed at me. <laughs> well, 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 well I, I, only, I only talk about once in a while. I'm usually always pissed at you, but I'm sorry. I'm, it, I'm, I'm, I'm cool today. Okay, well, what I was going to say is that we're going to have a new format. I'm going to be on every show. But uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna try to rotate Lee in and out once in a while. I guess not every other week, but he'll be on certain shows. He'll be on. Who might be on with you? Huh? Who might? Who might be on with you? Well, if you let me finish. Hey. (laughs) Well, we're gonna have two. We're gonna have two permanent part-time co-hosts. 
with uh, Charles Trainer and Thank you. Uh, Jerry Soup. So they are part of that uh, of this shit show called the Freeform Rock Podcast. Now you guys are welcome. <laughs> I don't know if I should be welcome because you know we be you know Ralph and Ian use this as fodder for their show, but uh, that's okay. We'll find out. <laughs> Fuck those guys. No, I'm joking. Love them. <laughs> I don't want to get, I love Ralph and Ian. You know, remember, I always say Ralph and Ian first. I made a post yesterday, and I put Ian's name first, and I went back and changed it real quick. <laughs> so, I know the rules. You got to uh, understand the protocol. We need to talk to Mark Daly about, you know, you can't be pushing all this Van Hagar shit. That's a bylaw of the RMCP page. Well, I do not love He does what he wants, dude. I, I don't. Yeah, that's a shout out to Mark Daly, Mr. Hagar. So there you go. Well, well, let's introduce. We got from the Black Spinner Circle. We got Andy Rodriguez. What's up, Andy? I am doing pretty good, and I am so excited to be here. My very first episode of Free Farm Podcast. So I am so thrilled. I've been thrilled all week about this. So I'm ready to go. Hey. We're doing the Beatles Let It Be, so this podcast is like the Beatles, man. We're breaking up and breaking in and breaking back up together. <laughs> Adding, we're like all over the place. Or maybe we're like Guns well, N' Roses. I don't know. And may I, and may I say, may I say real quick to the folks at home, Andy's got a really good show. Check that out. He blessed me with uh, listening to Oasis. Which I can't get Mark Alden Taylor to do. I've uh, punished Lee Gersman enough with that one, but uh, and he actually liked it. I believe he liked that. Right? I, I actually I do kind of like it. So let's not keep talking no, about yeah, that right now. Thank you. Let's not get into that. I'm talking about Andy. He's got oh, help. Okay. Oh. Well, Lee, I did should... like some of it. Uh, so I'm um, shut up, Lee. Lee, you right. should look in there asking Andy. Hey, get with Andy one time and. Throw him a bone. Throw him uh, one of your uh, wacky albums. That'd be fun. I don't think they're wacky. <laughs> I really do like to listen to all sorts of different kinds of music, and uh, and, the more, and the more genre bending stuff, the better for me. Actually, yeah. Hey man, don't be grind. Andy rules, man. He likes a lot of stuff I don't like, but he likes most of the stuff I like. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh well, thanks a lot, Mark. And in fact, um, this week on on the Black Spinner Circle, I am doing my uh, doing an interview with a country western artist who's just mm. released an album. So that's something different that I haven't done before. So mm. that's something to look forward to. That's cool. Hey, hey, Lee, I I got something to tell you, man. I was listening to the song we, we did Blackberry Smoke last week with uh, Stephen Michael from the Growing Up Rock podcast. Um, yeah, there's a your song that you put on there. I didn't listen to it yet, but I, I kind of figured out what it meant. I think I asked you about it, and then I listened to it today. You know what, Lee? I don't admire you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I know you like that because <laughs> in your lyrics, I hate it when men admire me. <laughs> so well, well, that's you. true. <laughs> uh, that was a song well, a lot of men because yeah. I. Admire I admire Lee, goddammit. Oh, he's pissed him off. Now he's well, going, that, I mean, that's what I do, usually. Hey. I turn him on and up he would think he would like, and he likes it, and then he gets mad. Well, yeah! I, well, I yeah. respect him. I don't admire him. <laughs> well, anybody that can write songs, when you can talk about licking gravy, 
I mean, that has to get down with that right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. That, that has to be the sure. great. You know, fuck bugs on cheese, man. Except the Dr. Fuck version. Jesus is phenomenal. But Licking Gravy, but, Dr. Fuck should do a cover of that. That is an amazing song. And I should play the guitar on it, and then Lee can do, like, percussion. No <laughs> keyboard, just percussion. D mm. Lee does some good percussion. He goes like, yeah, yeah. That's a good imitation. Mark, you can play kazoo, I'm pretty sure. Cause it, what was that last song y'all made up for um, our Cat the Devil show? I forgot what song that was that, that y'all sang in the beginning that y'all were making up as y'all go. I don't know. I working uh, a Mark and Jerry with Charles theme song. It kind of goes like this. It's Mark and Jerry with Charles. Uh, P.S. Isn't that great? It's really good. <laughs> yeah. They'll just have like words. They'll just say, nah, 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 nah. Jerry and Charles. It's a lot to say. This this would be Lee making a theme song for us. It's Mark and Jerry's with Charles. They don't have good musical opinions, but go ahead and listen to them if you want to hear idiots. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Except Charles. <laughs> and the shows are too long. Please cut it down to under two hours. <laughs> that's a hey, that that's one of the best things you've ever thought of. <laughs> Then you would have loved the last episode. It was like 47 minutes. It was 57. 57? <laughs> yeah. I was, watch I was being a timekeeper on that. but that's, I was, that's cool. I was kind of proud of myself. I was being Mr. Producer, dude. I told you everything, how, how it was going to happen. And I looked at my wife after the show. I go, how the fuck did I do that? I usually don't. I usually like let things breathe. But fucking I just got it because Chris said he only had an hour you know if we ever get real guests on our I'm not saying Chris and Aaron aren't real guests but if we get like stars on our like like artists no I didn't say they weren't real guests I'm saying if we get like an artist you ever listen to podcasts brother you're not a real guest no I didn't mean it that way no I meant if we get like an artist like Slash comes on the show. They, they his producer is his. I'm just giving like a fucking. I'm just saying, like they say. Well, Slash only has twenty minutes. You know, we have to go by what they say. Chris said he only had an hour. So, I'm just telling you. Yeah, Chris is an awesome guest. So. All Mark does is say how L.A. Guns is better than you. I know, you keep on saying Tracer Guns is better than Slash. Now Slash yeah, is going to be on the show. better than you with L.A. Guns with Tracy Guns sitting on a toilet plan. Because he has anxiety. He Give him a break, man. Don't make fun of the afflicted. Yeah, he's so much better playing the county fair circuit. <laughs> I come keep on. saying... I, I, I don't know if you read the message. I said, okay, the first three LA, the first three Guns N' Roses albums are better than the first three LA Guns albums, right? Okay. But then you get to now. Absurd and old school are piles of fucking dog vomit. They may, they may be. They may be. Okay, but the but last, last four LA Guns albums are not. I have to and say the like first this. three L.A. I'm Guns albums are better than the first three Guns N' Roses Ooh, albums. Wait. So, uh, yeah. We'll say, if you, this would be like breaking it down where Lee can understand. Uh. If you said, whatever you think, uh, we did what? A, one of those dudes, the Knights and White Satins dudes. Who are those guys? 
Moody right, Blues. Moody Blue. And you take out the greatest album ever, whatever that may be, and then you say, okay, I'm going to take that out. Now compare that against the rest of the bands in the world. See, that's where we got to go with the Guns N' Roses argument. Well, I'm going to take Appetite out of the equation. I'm sorry they made one of the greatest albums ever. My bad. I'm sorry My you think that it's one of the greatest Ooh. albums. I'm going to some popcorn on this one. Go for it. Have I fun, don't guys. care. I don't care if you're sorry about it or not because it is. No, no it is another. Give me another 80s band to make an album better in that genre with long hair, tattoos, rocking out. Well, that takes Jeff um, Leopard out of it because they don't have tattoos. Okay. Crims, well, 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 um, Pyromania is, is way better than fucking Appetite to me. I don't Fuck think so. Lord. Maybe high and dry. Maybe high and dry. Well, you think an album is definitely better than... high and dry. Maybe. Uh, yeah, but high and dry is better than Appetite. Yeah, I agree. What with about, that. Uh, definitely. What about these? I was going to say Crimson Glory. Hey, shut up! Oh, that's, that's not. not that's ninety. I I didn't love that album anyway. These days, yeah, you did. No, I didn't. I I, I said I liked some of it. <laughs> you liked half, most of half, like ninety percent of it. I, I liked almost half of it, okay. maybe. Okay, here's the ultimate. You guys just dropped. Uh, Let's uh, just get into the because we're no, going to no, go no, into no, fifty-seven no. minutes of just this shit. Okay. One second. This Lee, is I thought you, you just dropped... I thought you liked drama. You no, not not when too. not not when it's against me. I agree it's with shouting. you on some things. You're right about appetite. I know, but what I'm saying is it's it's getting into a long shit thing. No, I'm, I'm gonna cut it back in a second. Calm down. Is shout at the devil better than appetite? Yeah. Yes. No. No. Yes. All right. Um, that's and, uh, one I'll less guest I'll have on my show. Let Andy talk because we can't hear him. Talk, Andy. Okay. I just think Appetite's better than anything Def Leppard ever made. <gasps> oh! Appetite? Yes. Better than anything Def Leppard ever made. I'm sorry that I won't ever invite you on my show, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> That's all right. While uh, while your show's on, I can do this in Appetite for Destruction. Oh, uh, all right then. I'll put you on my show all the time. Okay. That way you don't have to hear it. <laughs> and Charles, I'll have you on my show all the time to make sure you can't hear it. And okay. I don't have to be on his show because I agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that that's one of the best albums from beginning to end. There's not a bad track on there at all. Yeah, there are. Yeah, you is anything goes. It's kind only of because um, um, anybody who's younger than me thinks that way. <laughs> oh, well, you like we go with that? Well, you know, fair point. Termination. Shut up! Hey man, yeah. Guess what? Lee? I like I like fair point. Like you know, you know I what? Know. You know what we're gonna do? Me and Charles what? are gonna do the second album by Fairport Convention without you on here. <laughs> oh, um, um, they they I they. I like they, Fairport. Well, I'll they, probably they, enjoy it. that 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 album that that we did was like their third album. Yeah, we'll do the second well, album. Well, you know I'll do you proud because I like Fairport. 
There's uh, one called What We Did on Our Holidays. That might be one some, that you some, could do. Some of my picks, I want to pick albums that Lee likes just to fuck with you. <laughs> hey, um, um, you know what? Um, I, 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 hey, you know, yeah. And, Since you're going, and like, you less than part-time, I gotta fuck with you more now. That was my pick, damn it. And I, I, I picked it for you, Mark. What was it? Because I knew you'd like it. What? I knew it. What? The, the uh, Coliseum 2. Yeah, that was a great I knew album. it. Well, Mark Gary Moore is on guitar, dude. Come on. That's not about Gary Moore. It's a great fucking band. We did, a, we did an album by the original Skid Row with Gary Moore, and that was awesome. But Yeah, but who turned me on that? The great Lee Gersman. Well, Lee does turn me on a lot. He got me in the black sheep with the great oh. Lou Graham. You know, I've heard the of The only problem is that you just keep listening to other stuff that 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 you shouldn't hear. Well, I like to hear stuff that I shouldn't hear because it makes me feel good. <laughs> well, uh, well, it don't make me feel good. All right, man. Well, let, let, let's stop the banner and let's tell the, the listeners out there. We're doing Let It Be by the Beatles. We're not doing the naked version, but the naked version might come up in this conversation. Uh, so, um, this is the album that's released May 8th, 1970, uh, see, May, 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 8th. May, May 8th, 1970, yeah. uh, I was born in October of 1970, so this was, uh, it was, uh, it was done on the rooftop of London, um, of Apple Records, the rooftop concert. Did they sell that on DVD? Which? The Rooftop Concert. Can you watch that somewhere? No, 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 no. They should. Be you can get it. Don't sell footage with the uh, Get Back. Yeah, or I saw that, on. yeah. And they did drop the album last year, the Get Back Sessions. Uh, yeah, they did. Your streaming services, if you want it, is the complete Rooftop Concert. So That's cool, man. But this is, like, I have three bands tied for number one. I got, of course, Rush. Everybody knows Rush. And then I have freaking the Beatles. And then the other last week I was thinking, man, I, I listen to this band just as much as Rush and the Beatles, Tom Petty and Heartbreakers. So that's that's my circle of number one bands right there. I can't decide who's number one because I love them just as much. So why is fucking work calling me on a Saturday? Fuck, you know, I don't want to come in, bitches. All right. <laughs> But we're doing Get Back by the Beatles. Let it be by the Beatles, not Get Back, but Get Back is on the album. Sorry, a little bit too much rum. Rum-a-dum-dum. -dum. You know, because I'm out of whiskey, so I'm drinking the rum because somebody bought it. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, free free, free booze is always the best, right, Lee? Yeah, I agree. Rum was my favorite drink before whiskey, and then whiskey just took me away. But uh, I like rum still. I like that crack, and you guys ever tried the crack in rum? That's pretty good shit. But I, I don't fuck with rum too much, man. About the only liquor I mess with is vodka. Oh, fuck vodka. All right. Yeah. Vodka Holy tastes fuck. like fucking rubbing alcohol. It does. <laughs> but vodka's good. Is it, Vodka's one of the best mixers, though. You can mix that shit, like, make yeah. some... They're really good mixing. So is whiskey. I like Red Bull. Red Bull. I don't like Red Bull. Ew. I'll tell you a story. I used to manage a gas station, right? And when Red Bull first came out, they brought me, uh, the, the, the guy came in and said, would you like to try Red Bull in your store? And I said, well, I don't know. He says, here, I'll give you two free cans. He, he gave me, uh, well, he gave me four, two for the owner of this gas station, two for me. 
So I gave uh, my manage my owner the uh, the two my Red owner. Bulls, and then I drank the Red Bulls, and I fucking fell asleep. <laughs> I was like, oh. passed out. I go, this is an energy drink, and then my, my the guy who owned the station was all wired. And he says, you need to sell this stuff. This stuff is pretty good. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I say, <like>, okay. <laughs> I was like passing out on that shit, but um, let's get into. Can fucking... you give me some Red Bulls so I can fall asleep right now? <laughs> well, I, I'll just talk like I'll talk like NPR. Hi, you're listening to the Freeform. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. So, um, good night. Good night. Billy. All right, man. Let's do "Let It Be" by the 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 Beatles, right? The we're Beatles. not doing "Naked," right? No, we're not doing "Naked," but you could bring up "Naked" in here if you want oh, to. Hell. Yeah, I have to. At least on the song. I, I, oh, yeah, I was thinking, they got uh, Phil Spector to man. produce this, right? And I was thinking, why didn't George Martin produce this? And then I found a little quip. Hey, uh, George Martin, I... let me talk about it. Let me say it, because I found it. As a John became very druggy. This is George Martin talking about why he didn't produce this album. George became very druggy at that stage, and he knew how opposed I was to that. He ignored the others as well. On Let It Be, I wasn't allowed to make that the record I wanted to because John said they didn't want any producer crap. But then they fucking got Phil, Phil Spector, the fucking Bob Rock fucking, uh, fucking, uh, what's that guy, producer of the fucking Def Leppard albums? Mutt Lang. Mutt Lang. He's like them back then. Yeah. So what the fuck? You understand why they did? Why? Tell me, Charles, you know. Because they had hit a snag with the Apple Records and with the whole fucking hiring Alan Klein shit, and McCartney had stepped away from that. He wanted the Eastmans. And it was, I don't want to flash forward too much into this record, but it was not really a great idea. Because the Beatles had not performed together as like a proper band in years. They had become a studio band. And the whole goal of this record was to go back to, like, Please Please Me was recorded live in studio. All right? And McCartney had this idea that we can do that again, and we can hit the road again. And all these other, all this fucking horse shit was going on at this time. And so George Martin had checked out. I think Glenn Johns actually did more of the real producing, if you want to call it that. Um... Jeff Emmerich, who was the master engineer of a lot of records for the Beatles, he stepped away after the White Album because of the Stanley Kubrick-esque 3,000 takes of Oh Blah Dee, Oh Blah Da, which I love, by the way. I love uh, So they were in a fucking mess, and I mean, all you gotta do is watch the Get Back film. And you see the mess that was going on with this band at the time. And it, the goal was eventually was to go to do some kind of live show. And and, and that's why there was a compromise. And they did it on top of the Apple rooftop, which I'm fortunate to have actually visited that place. It was really cool. Uh, but there was just a lot of mess going on. And, and George Martin had basically checked out of this fucking producing deal with them. He, he was there, but... Not really, because there was just so much fucking turmoil and blah, blah, blah. You can watch Get Back and understand that for yourself. But 
that's why it's a hodgepodge. And then Lennon had it grown. He did uh, Instant Karma, and he done uh, the Plastic Ono Band with Phil Spector. George Harrison did All Things Must Pass with Phil Spector and me after that. So those two got, like, Phil Spector can fix this fucking shit. Because they thought what would be Let It Be Naked was complete shit. And Paul was totally checked out. So, you know, he was off on his own. And uh, it's it, one of the crimes against humanity, as much as I love John Lennon, it was John Lennon that broke up the Beatles, not Paul. Was it Yoko? No. 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 Everybody blames Yoko. Won a divorce. That's it. And then they tried to games game do some gamesmanship and be like, release Let It Be, but don't you know, we're gonna release Let It Be, release Paul McCartney, your solo album at a different date, and that's when Paul said, Well fuck you guys. And he did the McCartney one and he put it out and they put out the press release. And that's why he's known as the bad guy in some Beatles circles. But Lennon had already told him, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. That's a fact. So yeah. Well, you heard Lennon in the Get Back film telling him with the secret mic that was put into something that was he, the thought best. Paul, he, he thought Paul was the leader. Yeah, he that he was controlling the band now. Right, Charles? Right, but I mean, I that was the best part of the film because you got to see that McCartney did actually defer to Lennon. But in the end, yeah, I mean, Paul, had, for Lennon, uh, McCartney at this point, this album, uh, it treated the band like it's Paul McCartney's band and that they were just side men to his band. Yeah. Whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. So I'm going to go in a circle real quick. Lee, how did you get into this album? Well, I got it at 7-Eleven. Um, it was about like 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 maybe three or four dollars. Um, they didn't have a hell of a lot of albums, but for a while they they had some albums. I had what? gotten Buckman Turner Overdrive there. I got the Guess Who there, and I got the Beatles there, and I also got I think Music Express the KTEL album there. You know they had some KTEL albums, so they had some albums that I I bought. And um, so I bought that album because it was like, okay, that's a Beatles album that I don't have. And so that's how I, I got it. What about you, Andy? Wow. Well, first of all, I never knew they sold records at 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. Well, well, I never knew that. Uh, the way I got into this album, oh. it's hard to say because when you're a kid, and you hear Beatles for the first time, you kind of feel like you've already heard these songs before because they've always been around you. Uh, but um, um, I believe I got uh, um, Let It Be back. Um, I got on CD when I was in junior high. Then, of course, I first started out used on vinyl. But um, I don't know where I bought it, but I know there was some time in, in junior high when I first started listening to this. And I enjoyed it. Um, it's one of my... I mean, I love the Beatles. Um, they are my favorite band, and this album ranks maybe outside my top five of Beatle albums. But I do love it, which shows how much I love this band. So um, it was sometime in junior high when I first started hearing this album. 
Isn't it hard to rank a Beatles album? Because when you're hard. listening to it, you think that Beatles album is your favorite Beatles album. And then you go to the next one and you go, I think this one is my favorite Beatles album. I, so, Charles, what I do you... I don't agree. You don't agree? And you, I'm going to tell you how I got into them. Because the people at home may not know. I was just going to ask you. So go ahead. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, me and, and by the way, there's a great Lee Gersman show episode. Between what I, I somebody was on it. We did the Blue and the Red albums. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Uh, the Beatles are my all-time favorite band. They are the best band in the world ever in the history of life. And uh, I agree. there's no tide. I mean, they are. They set the standards. Well, like I, I agree with you on that, but I only tied this by what I listened to. That's why. Yeah, Elvis like got it rolling, but the Beatles saved it. One, revolutionized it. Two, it made everything that we have today because they made the album an art form. Blah 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 blah. Uh, I've always, I haven't always, like when I was a little kid, I wasn't like, love the Beatles, love the Beatles, no. But I mean, about 1993 is when I really got bit by the Beatle bug. And if I was ever accused of being an elitist, it would have been that because nobody compared to the Beatles to me. Everything that would be put out, I was like, the Beatles did that first or better. I didn't like Oasis at first. Newsflash! Yeah, unfortunately, something must have happened. <laughs> well, I got smart. I got smart about my prejudice. But no, I, I'm not going to say you got your smarts, but you got something. <laughs> I will unfortunately say I thought it was an interesting choice for Let It Be because it's my next to last favorite Beatles album. But... Does it mean it sucks? Fuck no. Absolutely not. If you took some pedestrian band, like say, I don't know, da- Dangerous Toys, if they could have put out a Let It Be, they would been. this was their greatest record ever. I mean, oh. but... What? I only put Yellow Submarine below it. Oh. Ooh. Even though I love Hey Bulldog. Well, Hey Bulldog wasn't on the original release, though. Yes, it was. It was on the record. It wasn't on the film. Yeah. But I love It's All Too Much, too. But I just, I will get into Let It Be, and I'll tell you why. Uh, But Okay, and then a half hour later. I'm sorry. (laughs) Drink another drink, Lee. Turn your fan on. I got to come here. I'll actually, my fans, I'll do another drink. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, whoever has Facebook Messenger on, turn that off. <laughs> I got it. I got mine off. <laughs> Somebody's pinging. Ping, ping, ping. I don't got people pinging me. I'm sorry, Lee, that I bored you. I know you fucking heard them. Before. No, I, no, I, I, I'm just trying to be bitchy. I'm sorry if I annoyed you. But I. You well, you're never sorry. You ignore. <laughs> Uh, me. You never annoy me, Lee. Ever. <laughs> Thank you. You never well, annoy me, but I annoy you the fuck out of you. So that's what I, 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 you annoy him. I'm the automatically annoyed, annoyed, and then whoever talks is who gets the finger pointed at. That's me. Yeah, true. But I, I annoy him for the right reasons. You um, annoy him for the wrong. Reasons. 
Maybe, yeah. Well, because I'm, I'm like, I don't agree with him most half the time, so that's cool. That's that's, that's not cool. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree, but I'm just teasing. But anyway, I love the Beatles. They're fucking awesome. And even though this is my second less favorite record, it doesn't matter. I fucking love it. It's not like it's complete shit. No way. So I mean, it's not like a U two album. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. It's a beautiful day, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree that um, Let It Be by the Beatles is pretty much better than any U2 album ever made. Oh, my God. I kind of agree I with you, agree though, with but I like I U2. Fuck. I love U2. It's but, better uh, than Oasis album ever made. Um, I, I agree with that, too. It's um, better than Guns N' Roses album. You, you know, Charles, we can do one of your like one of your picks that I give you. You could pick an Oasis album and I will review it. I'm not like Lee, where I won't review an album he don't like. <laughs> you, know, you just gotta know how to grease that wheel with the great Lee Gersman. You can get him to review some oh, stuff. Oh yeah, if I review something that he really wants to review, he will compromise. <laughs> It ain't going to be fucking what's the story, and you already did definitely maybe. Yeah. It's going to be something else. Okay. That's so, fine. There you go. I'm cool with that. But the Beatles, and man. I, I, will, I will agree to do not Van Hagar, but I, I don't know. Oh, dude, that would be a funny episode, though. Firehouse. Oh, God. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. But uh, I got into the Beatles. I said the story many times that the Beatles and Foreigner sergeant peppers double vision were my first tapes i bought with my own money and i've been a beatles fan ever since and this album for some reason was the last beatles album i ever bought and uh like you guys said it's it's a great album but it's not one of your favorites by them and it's like i got the remastered version and i'm like listening to this and i'm like going Shit, this album is fucking awesome. Why didn't I listen to this a lot more? <laughs> so, I feel guilty though, because it is great. It is great. It's not. It's but, like, yeah. you could you could give one of these fucking like fucking what's that band fucking the Deftones? Fucking no, they yeah. would they would fucking bust a nut to make an album. Man, like I was gonna compare the Deftones to the Beatles. But I'm just saying, if they made an album like this, they would fucking Crowded shit house. themselves. Crowded house is better. Crowded House rules. Not over the Beatles. Come well, on. not over the... Nobody rules over the Beatles. Jeez. Well, That's the crazy stones, talk. The could push it. <laughs> some people say the Rolling Stones roll over the I Beatles. I the Rolling Stones. I don't know. But uh, the Beatles, I'll take them. I'll take the, the Beatles and the Stones. The thing is, how could the Rolling Stones rule over the Beatles when Mick Jagger even said at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction... Without the Beatles, there would be no Stones. Thank you. Thank you. And who wrote their first hit? Who wrote their first hit? Like in the Beatles. Beatles. <laughs> Thank you. I'm yeah. gonna be your man. Get it? So, right. This album is fucking your... really cool. I didn't really get into it till I bought the the newer. I think Giles Martin remix of it. Yeah, uh, and in he the best. In he the best. God damn! That? This guy is like his dad, dude. It's like. My God, the apple doesn't I mean, fall too much from the tree there. He might be better. Dude, I'm telling you, I didn't really love the, at first, the first time I heard Beatles love. 
But if you listen, he I would say his first attempt. And if you listen, you drop that shit and listen to some of those songs on there, the way he redid it and remastered it and shit, man. Like, Revolution is actually in pure stereo, which was a knock on the original. I preferred the mono mix, or is less how nerdy I am. But he did it properly in stereo. So if you listen to that revolution on that, just that alone makes it. He is the best. I wish he, he would really do is. like. I wish he would do the Kiss debut album. <laughs> that would be interesting. That, that would be. Would... Inter Why doesn't he produce new bands though? I would like to hear his own shit. You know, instead of redoing. I don't know. His dad's. That's. That's. I would name. like for him to remix. Kiss is harder than hell, so oh, that yeah. uh, it, it would be all blank um, vinyl because <laughs> that way that would sound better. Uh, Did we do hotter than hell? No, we haven't you done don't hotter like than hell. I don't like "Got to Choose" or "Going like Blind." I think those are crappy songs. So you don't like "Change Ways." Um, I. I still sometimes listen to it to see if I can like it. I'm, I'm still not there. Second greatest ace solo ever on a Kiss album. But um, we're, we're not. not so, so not, Charles, you know we're gonna do hotter in hell. We have to bring. Yeah, Gary. hard times is a much better. Song. Ooh, anyway, you're at, who's doing hotter than hell? We are. Me and you with Char. With oh. Jer we have to bring Jerry on there. Yeah, I need two two Kissners on yeah. that one. So. uh since well, Lee doesn't like cool. it, I, that won't no, be one of his episodes. Let's not, let's not blast me, the Beatles, even though the Beatles influenced Kiss. Big oh, time. yes, they did. Gene Simmons fucking has a hard on for the Beatles. He's a smart man. Yeah, he is. Like, hey, guys, whoever, can y'all hear me okay? Yeah. Yes. Okay, whoever okay. likes the Beatles is smart. Whoever doesn't is stupid. No, I love the Who doesn't like the Beatles? There's a lot of people in our groups that don't like the Beatles. I've met a few that are dipshits. Can we call them out? Do you remember their names? Yeah, I just tell them you, you were literally a moron. Who's their names? Come on, let's call them out. I like to call them out. No, and they're not on my Facebook. Huh? They're not on my Facebook, so um, it wouldn't matter. Uh, fucking idiots. But uh, let's get into this album, shall we? The Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, uh, we get into the first song, Two of Us. Let's start with Andy. Andy, what do you think about this song? I love the way that this album starts off with a nice little acoustic song, and the harmonies are fantastic. Um, it's been a while since they had harmonized together. Um, I really like the song. What um, I don't like about the song sometimes is that I've always had a picture of a song a different way, but then Paul came out and said this was about him and Linda um, traveling through, through the countryside and how they would write notes to each other. I've always thought that it was about Paul and John in their early days, the way that they would write the bus back and forth and write songs and, you know, following paper, trying to get money and trying to be, um, uh, I've always pictured that in my head when I heard this song, them two together. So, you know, um, Paul has said this before and I'll, and I'll talk more about it later on in the show, how, you know, how you can interpret songs the way that you want and not actually go by what the actual meaning of the song is. So I've always thought of two of us being about John and Paul being younger. 
So I think this started off great. Um, so I really do like this track. In fact, there's not one song here that, no, I can't say that. There are a couple of tracks here that I don't like that I'll talk about. But I love Two of Us. It's one of my favorite songs on here. <laughs> what do you think about it, Charles? One of the best songs on the record. And, uh, Paul is fucking absolutely lying. It was about Lennon. He changed, you know, changed the narrative after the band. He was very bitter for a few years there. And obviously, Paul was rich by the time he and Linda hooked up. So it was about he and Lennon. Uh, matter of fact, they went to Paris hitchhiking, and that's when they got the Beatles cut. Uh, the first guy that got the Beatles cut was Stu Sutcliffe, who they made fun of and said, hey, what is that lame haircut? But then they hooked up with uh, a Hamburg friend in Paris and got the haircut. Um, beautiful, beautiful fucking song. I actually prefer the Anthology 3 version, though. A little more. But it's still a great little ditty. I don't think it's like in their top 20 songs, but it's still a really good song. And I agree with Andy. It was great. You get that harmony going. George is actually, there is no bass, bass on it. Is George playing his uh, gifted Fender Telecaster? It was made completely of rosewood. It's a beautiful guitar. He, I don't know if he dropped the tuning or what, but he's playing all the bass notes on the guitar. And uh, it's just a, just a beautiful little song. A song, though, that even though they could do this in their sleep, at this stage of their careers, it wasn't so easy to get there, but I do love it. I almost picked it for this episode, almost. What do you think about it, Lee? It's a great song, but it sounds like it would be the start of an acoustic album, which I think would have worked, but then show that the album would not continue in that vein. So it works well as a song, but I would have liked to have heard more stuff like this on the album also. I agree with you on that, man. It, it's so funny in the beginning of the song. Just so good. John and Paul singing together. Like, I, I, love, it. I love it when those I two hate. like harmonize and sing together. Like, co-lead co like I dig a, I dig a whatever he says. I dig a Peach Tree by Charles and the Dev Aids or whatever the fuck he's saying. That's pretty cool, too. Sorry to bother you. It's okay, that. man. I, I, I'm okay with that, man. More information, the better. The acoustic is amazing, man. This song, this song, the Stones could never do anything like this. Nobody they, can. They can't. They can't. They, they're they not on the, the Beatles level. It's like, Yeah, they did Prodigal Son. Oh, it's, it's like, wait, we got Big Bushy, you know, Bushy. Nate Atchison, he fucking just fucking uh, sucks the dick of the Stones. I'm like, dude, the Stones could not do harmony like the Beatles ever. What are you going to no. do, get Keith to sing with Mick? It ain't going to work. I agree, even though Salt of the Earth ruled. But they did do that, like, We Love You. They brought in Paul and John to sing harmony on that shit. Yeah, because they're the best. This is the group that fucking started, well, them and the Everly Brothers, man. Started, and the Beach Boys. And the Beach, Beach Boys. Boys. started. Well, the, be the, 
the Beatles got inspired by the Beach Boys, so you get, give them that. But the harmonies, man, are so made. This is why I don't like new metal. How about Gary Puckett and the Union Gap? I'll be on for that episode. Well, you right, can, well that'll be an album you could pick, uh, Lee. Well, well the year I decide to do it. Yeah. The Bee Gees. They did great harmonies, oh, too. The oh, well, there were already a lot of harmonies before the Beatles started it, so there's a lot of harmonizing before that. I know, but, but the Beatles took it to a new level. Yes, yeah, so they I, did a lot. Yeah. The They're the best. You could, you ne do you ever hear the Stones singing together? It's it's kind of janky. Yeah, it doesn't fit. <laughs> Even though I think Keith is underrated as a singer, but yeah, it's kind of janky. Yeah, yeah. The Beatles were just smoother at it. Yeah, it, it was smoother and geniuses. Yeah, <laughs> it's like like Mick said. Without the Beatles, there would be no Stones because the Beatles advertised the Stones and and got them going, man. Uh, this song rules. I fucking love it. Great opening track, and we get to the next song, "Dig a Pony." What do you think about this one, Andy? Dig a Pony. Um, John Lennon called this a piece of crap, but I love this song. Um, the, the one that is on the album is actually a live performance from the rooftop. Um, Lennon said he just jumbled a bunch of words together, but I loved it. I think it's one of the rockers that, that are on here because there are a handful of rockers on this album, which was testament to what Paul wanted. Well, what the all Beatles wanted was to get back to a rocking album. And they, um, they, they really did accomplish that with two of us because even though it's an acoustic song every rock album has acoustic songs on there so that really did go back to that beginning of just um guitars and drums and harmonizing and the same thing with uh, big a pony even though it's more electric i love it um i'm pretty sure when they were talking to john and paul about these songs like charles was saying that they were bitter about it you know, so they're going to crap on these songs, but I thought they were great. And that's what makes this album controversial is, you know, they did, according to them, they didn't put their best foot forward. But I think they did. So I love Dig a Pony. What do you think about it, Charles? Wow. Second track in, and um, I mean, no disrespect to Andy, but I agree with Lennon. I think it's uh, lyrically a piece of garbage. It, it is rocking. It is. I'm not going to say it's not. But when you compare it to a standalone single from the album in that period, Don't Let Me Down, it's not near as good. And I would have put Don't Let Me Down instead of Dig a Pony. And I would have put Dig a Pony as a B-side to a song we're going to get into on this record as I thought should have been a standalone single and not on the record, which is an all-time classic, folks. So don't choke me out when we get there. But uh, it, it, it has its rocking elements, and it was live, and he's absolutely correct. It was one of the, the, the rooftop versions. I think there's like six or seven of them. Um, but unfortunately, the Beatles had not been a functioning band. They had grown into a studio band. And that's why songs were a little harder for them to get into in this vein. I don't hate the song, but I think it's lyrically gobbledygook, and I think it's a B-side at best. Oh, what do you think about it, Lee? 
It's a cool slow blues jam with some strange and interesting okay. lyrics. I like it, and it's a good song, but it's a second best song. Like the little brother of a great song. I do like it, though. It's good. Let me down. Maybe. Yeah, I agree with you, Lee. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with you. This is fucking Beatles blues, raw fucking Beatles here. Uh, I thought one of you guys would have picked this song, but I guess not. <laughs> this is a killer Beatles D track. It's fucking it's amazing. Not... I love it. Don't let me down, blows it away. Well, I didn't say it, it didn't, oh, but on yeah. this album, this song rules. So it's yeah. it's different for the Beatles. I like it. It's a man. You know, but, uh, if, I, if you think of Gobbly Goo, I am the walrus. Isn't Gobbly Goo? That's awesome. See, that's, <laughs> but yeah. it's Gobbly Goo, though. It's a great song, that's but yeah. Epic. And it's epic on a musical theory level and things you wouldn't understand. But didn't you know, the Beatles make a lot of like... songs that were Gobbly Goo that were genius? Come on. Well, I'm. I believe me. I'm going to yeah. piss off in this episode. I think so. Let's get. Let's go further. All right. Well, I'm going to get to the next track across the universe. What do you think about it, Lee? Oh, uh, um, it's an okay and a humble song. It's not the song I go to when I hear the album, but I don't mind it as much as I used to. I like the 2021 mix. It's clearer, brighter, and helps the song. It's not awesome, but it's fine. What do you think about it, Charles? Uh, it's another one where I'm going to piss people off, I believe. <laughs> my buddy, my hero, one of my heroes, Liam Gallagher, loves this song. I think it's a bunch of lyrical nonsense. Even though I think the lyrics are phenomenal. I, I know it's weird. I think the lyricals are great. Thoughts meander like a restless wave. and You know, he writes some great lyrics. I guess because I know what's coming, like the Plastic Ono Band, which is like the best solo album ever by any ex-Beatles guy, because it's direct and to the point, and I know what Lennon's capable of. I'm like... This is, like, not near as good as Strawberry Fields or I'm the Walrus, which you knock on. And I, I didn't I knock on it. I just said it's I the lyrics like, are gobbledygook. I don't like the film production <laughs> on this song. I think it sounds like a Disney film type song. And I think you get that a lot throughout the record. And... It's not it's not horrible. I don't really like the version on Past Masters that much either. With the Apple Scruffs and the higher singing and all that. I just I don't know, it's not terrible per se, but I just don't get it on this song. Never have. What do you think about it, Andy? Wow, um this song here is there's a lot of history behind this song and I will get into it. Uh, first of all, it was recorded um, for the um, World Wildlife Fund, and um, and I guess that's why on the Past Masters version it's got the sounding of the birds and stuff like that. But John Lennon has complained about this song because he felt like sometimes his songs were not worked on the way that Paul's songs were worked on. Um, he felt that across the universe was kind of not 
taken care of the way that it should have. The other guys didn't want to work on it that much. Um, lyrically, he said that he was in bed with Cynthia and they were arguing and they were fighting and he got out of bed and he went to the kitchen and just wrote down these lyrics, which I think the lyrics are genius. I, I think they're beautiful. But the sound of the song is not up to par to what he wanted it to be. Um, and then it was left over for Phil Spector to fuck around with it. So there are different versions to the song. The one that was put on this album sounds murky. And Lennon was all messed up on heroin at the time. And he was just too lazy to do anything with it. He said that himself. And everyone else just ignored it. So this song could have been a lot better than what's on the Let It Be album. But it is what it is. It's on there. I think lyrically it's beautiful. Um, but when it comes to the song, even Lennon said the that his vocals and the music are off key. But the so, thing thing is with this song, how many covers of this song have been made? A lot. Oh yeah, quite a bit. Quite, yeah. Fiona because Apple, of the lyrics. Fiona Apple did that. I didn't like it, but <laughs> kudos to her for trying. <laughs> but, uh, but but it was colored because of the lyrics, not because of this recording on this album. Yeah, but it's a great song. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, this is. To me, it's like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. It's a straight-out acid trip. Not as bad as I Am the Walrus, even though I do like I Am the Walrus. I Am the Walrus is just, like Charles said, goop, gobbledygook. But it worked. The weird lyrics, but I love it. It's a great song. I like it. And then we get to the first uh, George Harrison song on here, lead vocals. Uh, what do you think about this, Andy? I, me, mine. Well, first of all, the two songs that um, George put on here are top-notch. Um, the I Me Mine is um, without John Lennon. He had nothing to do with this song. He's not on here at all. But um, the I Me Mine, I was also told that it's George talking about, about, about his ego at the time and inflated with his acid tripping at the time. And that's what the song's about. It's about his egotistic ways while he was on acid, um, especially during the um, Sgt. Pepper's and the and the Magical Mystery Tour time. Um, I think it's a great song. And also, it was the title of his uh, his autobiography that he released in 1980. It's called I Me Mind. If y'all haven't read that, it's a really good book. And um, that's all that I have to say about it. I really do like the song. What do you think about it, Charles? Not a good book, but he acted like John Lennon was less important than some sax players on All Things Must Pass. But anyway, that said, I Me Mine it was the actual last ever recording by the Beatles, even though Lennon wasn't part of it. It was actually fixed up after while Abbey Road was coming out or whatever, because this came out after Abbey, Abbey Road. This album, which Abbey Road blows this away. I'm sorry, but uh, I, I, I mean, mine is cool. It's a really cool song. I love Paul's backing vocals on it. I really love Paul's backing vocals. 
George, I'm a little hit and miss on. I know a lot of people come out and after he passed, you know, he's the greatest Beatle and stuff like that. No, was not. Come on. Yeah, people just do that to look like they're hard. Right. He's cool. I I love George. Totally. I mean, I don't hate George. He's my third favorite Beatle. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I'm going Lennon, McCartney, George, Paul, like how they, or Ringo, how how they say it. But, uh, some people like Ringo over George. Okay. He had a song, but okay. But, uh, whatever. I just love the Beatles, period. Hell, I'll, I'll take Pete Best and Stu Sutcliffe, too. Fuck it. But, uh, it's cool, but I like the version on Anthology again. Because you don't have that repeat portion. Because it's just the same song, but repeated. You can tell yeah. it was fixed. And it was just repeated in the studio. It wasn't redone. Something. Yeah. But the Anthology 3 version is just the original band. And it's it's way better, I think. I, need, I have that. I have all the Anthologies because of my wife. I need to like dig into those a little bit more. You, know? you should. I'll tell you what you should really dig into is the live at the BBCs, volume one and volume two. Oh, I don't two. even have those. I need to try those ones, man. Get them on streaming. Get them on Amazon. I need to use Amazon. You don't like to tell that because you're too cool to stream. But they have them on. No, I, I stream. Lee gives me albums the, that I don't even know who the, the fuck person, they are. Amazon gives I, me those. I want to ask Andy. Andy, do you prefer... Live at the BBC Volume 1 or 2? Because I prefer 1. I prefer 1 as well. Yeah. Because it was more raw. But just just to let y'all know, to, uh, this morning, I did hear Let It Be, Let It Be Naked, and also um, Side 4 to Past Masters, and Side 2, oh, or the second disc, to Anthology 3, because I wanted to get into this era of the Beatles. So I heard all that I, this morning. I before. did listen to "Let It Be Naked" this morning, though. So, but I, mean, I mean, mine is a very cool song. It's typical <laughs> George, where he's preaching to the world about his religious beliefs, and that's cool, right. whatever. Yeah, but but it's still a cool song. Paul sings some. I, I think Paul's the standout, if you ask me. And as much as George acted like he didn't like Paul. Paul always brought it on George's songs. Enough said. He always did make it better. What do you think about it, Lee? I liked it more back in the day. Now it sounds like a filler song. It's better than a couple of other songs on here, but barely so. It's fine, but not great. This is one of my favorite George songs of all time, and no fucking sitars. Fucking hey, I like Within You Without You. Oh, Hot fuck take. that song. Oh, that's the Fuck that song up the ass. Hot take. Hey, I don't know, man. I, I hated it too, but if you listen to it enough, you might like it. Just give it a chance. You don't, know, don't Eric Gar MCP Jordan from the Rock All Over You podcast can fucking take those sitars and cram it up your ass, bitch. Just because you, like you fucking it? Indian chick... Why do you he have to like sitars? Does Eric like it too? He does. All right, Eric rules. No, man. but he He's... likes. You know why he likes sitars? Because he fucked an Indian chick. 
I can't, I can't, I can't divulge on my personal bedroom information, but that had nothing to do with that. It's, I don't like the inner light. That's about the only Indian George song I didn't care for. This song rules. I, I love it how it, it goes slow and it speeds up. Fucking kicking some uh, Ringo is kicking some ass on the drums on this is song. Ringo not the most underrated drummer ever, dude. He, is, he didn't he, he can play the, anything. Didn't he invent the four four timing? Dude, I don't know what he invented, but he fucking <laughs> he invented some timing on the drums that fucking all drummers use now. Even the you know Pierce used it. Um, you know, like Rush. Fred is four so four know. would not be it. Four four would probably that. be invented in the year zero. No, was right. it four three? He invented some kind uh, of drum. No, no, fuck. No, I'm not fucking technical. I'm not a musician, what? but I heard he invented some kind of drum timing that nobody I ever don't used. Know. He, he's just you know why why he invented something, Mark? Why? Because he was left-handed, but he was playing on a right-handed kit. And that's why he quote unquote invented something. Yeah. And even and I don't like this guy at all. I know you love him. Phil Collins. Even Phil Collins is said and he's a good drummer. He's a great drummer. He's a great man. drummer. He is. But he's even said what Ringo would do on like a day in the life, shit like that is just tremendous. You know Phil Collins was oh, in a fucking right. Beatles movie, right? You know that, right? He's the yeah, he was an hard day of night. Hard day of yes. night, yeah. Underrated drummer in the history of rock and roll, in my opinion. He is. He's fucking great. By, by far. Is he the best drummer in rock and roll? No. No. But is he the most underrated? Yes. He's way better than Charlie Watts. Did Hot he, take. Did he, Hot did he inspire more drummers than anybody ever? Just put it that yes. way. Yes. Yes. Did. Yes. Yeah. did he make one did he make people want to pick up drumsticks to play drums? That yes. is Rico yes. Star. He made Peter Chris play shitty drums on KISS Records. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, we always have to go back to KISS. All you KISS nerds out there, enjoy that new soundboard that's coming out. Yes, Eric Carr is a better drummer. Kiss I, nerds. I actually want to get the soundboards, but I want people to give it to me because I don't want to give KISS any money. <laughs> That's Amazon. smart. That's it's smart. On Amazon. It's on Amazon. I don't want to get it. So you guys could Dropbox me all the Kiss Soundboard albums, guys, so I could play it on MetalStation.com. Because Ian Wadley, Ian Wadley, just like Mark, he put out there. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. Hey, Wadzilla, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that fucking. What is that? That metal rep something. He said uh, weeks ago, and it, I, I messaged him. He didn't, never, you know, those fuckers have something in store for me at Rock and Pod, and I'm scared. But, I know, uh, I heard myself, but we're, we're not, we're not cool enough, I guess. Yeah, yeah they don't send us shit, but, uh, but if uh, it was Ralph, I would get it, but it's Ian, you know, well, I mean, Ralph he's don't too know how to use Dropbox. He tried to send me the Steeler albums, and I had to get it from somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Ralph, but learn how to use Dropbox. It's so fucking easy, huh? Ian, Ian, Ian keeps me on a on a leash. But I love you, Ian. God damn it! Glad you're back. The last episode you did was great. Was All right, on awesome. next. Well, let's get to the next song. Uh, dig it. What do you think about this one, Lee? It's silly, 
the actual whole jam session is better, but the little excerpt they used for this seems pointless. It doesn't offend me, but it comes and goes and doesn't really serve a purpose. What do you think about it, Charles? I agree with Lee. Uh, if you get the extended version, you have the whole, you know, the... Uh, when did they release that, Mark? You're smart on that. 19th, the extended version? The remaster with the... Oh, it's 2021. Mega. Yeah, if you get that, you get the full version of uh, Dig It. And you can see... It seconds. In, you No, no, they have more than that. No, oh, like oh on the second disc, right? I haven't... I didn't yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I need yeah. to listen to that. More. And if you see it in the both the original cut of the film and Get Back, you get the whole version. It's way better. Uh, it's fucking silly. That's all it is on here. If you're looking at the original version. What do you think about it, Andy? I don't like it at all. I like that they um, took it out for a Let It Be Naked. Because I think it's useless and has no point to it. So, yeah, I don't like it at all. And I was going, fuck, they got Dig a Pony and then they got Dig It. I go, what the fuck was Dig It for? It's like horrible. It's like, yeah. this is like That's revolution true. number nine. But I didn't no, know the full, uh, like I said, I wish they would have made this no. into a full version, but I need to listen to my second disc, I guess. Uh, yeah, a little bit more. Because if you hear the whole jam session with Billy Preston going off on those keyboards oh. and. Paul's doing this thing. It's it's better, but the the little clip they put on the album, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, I I I was like uh, skip, and then we get. But it wasn't the film. To be yeah. fair, the film was awesome, uh, man. A lot of people said it was too long and boring, but if you're not a Beatles fan, yeah, if you are a Beatles fan, you're looking at that and go, oh my god. Oh my, oh my god, yeah. oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. It's like amazing. Oh my god, Beatles. Uh, it's like, I don't like to use the Lord's name vain, but that was oh my god. <laughs> but but uh, I will right now, right? Yeah. And then uh, we get to the next track, Let It Be, which you picked, Andy, as your track to play on here. So here's Let yeah. It Be on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Let it be, let it be, let it be, 
Okay, that was Let It Be. Why'd you pick this track, Andy? Oh, so many reasons why. First of all, it was one of my favorite songs instantly when I first heard this album. And the first time I saw Paul McCartney in concert was here in Houston, Texas at the Toyota Center. And when he played the song, I pulled out my phone and I called my mom. So I played it over for her so that she can hear it live. And, um, you know... It's got that religious overtone that, of course, Paul said it's not religious, but he also said it could be whatever people want for the, um, but if people want it for, to be religious, um, so every time I hear Mother Mary, it, it becomes a religious song for me, but, um, and that's why, um, it's one of my favorite songs, and also, my boss that I used to work with also said a story about his mother, about his grandmother loving this song as well, and she would play the song over and over. And that's always carried along with me, so that's why I picked this song. It was between this one and another one, and um, I'll talk about that when, when we get to it, but that's why I picked Let It Be, the, the, the title track. 
it's a personal song for me and I've I've um had a lot of memories with this song. So that's why. I'll I'll go next, man. I'm gonna mix it up like Rock and Metal Combat Podcast does. Um this song is so beautiful. Paul's voice has always had that sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. And man, it shines on this song. And Ringo is so steady on this drums, man. And you got the fifth Beatle on organ, Billy Preston. This was... He was on Dig a Pony and Dig It on that Hammond organ. But man, this is where Billy really shines on this album. This song fucking rules. And if we get to you, Lee, what do you think about this one? Oh, um... I think I like the middle part with the guitar solo, but it's not one of my favorite Beatles songs. And I consider it to be filler compared to the songs I really like. But it's not terrible. It's tolerable somewhat. No No wonder you want to be on this podcast half part time. I'm 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 not saying that I'm gonna even be on half part time. You said that. Fuck. Well, I said every other week, and now you're going maybe not, I, maybe once a month. <laughs> maybe. You know what, Lee? You rule. You know? Let me say what I got to say. I'm, I'm going to get to you right now, Charles. What do you think about it? I'm kind of leaning more towards Lee <gasps> only in to this album. I hate the Phil Spector production on this version of the song. Yeah, the- I way I way prefer the single edit. Yeah. Which was done without Phil Spector's horse shit. It's funny you mentioned that about Ringo with that hi hat that was not on the original version. The guitar solo is not near as good. As on the single edit, and if people are like, "What's the single edit?" Just check out Past Masters. Past Masters. That's the single yep. edit. And we're gonna hit this again on this album, where I prefer the single edit of "Let It Be." Now you could say it's because I heard the Blue album before "Let It Be," the actual album. Maybe, maybe I'm used to that version, but. Uh, it's a beautiful song. I love it. I was glad he played this and not another song on this record when I seen them live. By the way, uh, I love it, but I just didn't care for the production of this song. And I see why Paul McCartney lost his shit. Yeah, because I do prefer the Path Masters. I do prefer George's um, guitar solo on right. Path Masters. And... That's I love the way, yeah. And to go back to what uh, Mark was saying, the way that uh, Billy Preston plays the organ on here, just it gives it that gospel feel to it. You know? It could have been the best song in the album, but the production choice made it not. Yeah. My, but my, who, who produced the single version? Uh, George Martin with Glenn Johnson. There you go. <laughs> That's why it's better, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's a great song. Yeah. You know, Phil no was great with those girl bands, but fucking the Beatles, nah. <laughs> well, we did a great job with George and John, yeah. but I digress. And then we get to the end of side one. Maggie May, what do you think of this, Lee? 
I actually wish they would have developed this and did more of it. It's a good song, and I could see the Beatles doing a good full version of it. What do you think about Let me go next. Go ahead, Charles. I was going to ask you, Charles. You were going to go next. Go ahead. It's uh, it's actually a, a little limerick-type song they do in Liverpool. Oh. Uh, it's like a famous little song in the area. I agree with Lee. It would have <laughs> fucking ruled, and it would have blown away the Rod Stewart, Maggie May. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what do you think about it, Andy? Well, I love the Rod Stewart Maggie May song. I do like the song, too. Um, I know that's a short little excerpt, but it's also like one of those little songs that that became um, like became the norm in the 90s for um, bands to put little 30-second songs on their albums that the Beatles had already done like 20 years earlier. So I do like this. I thought it was very inventive for this. I think it's a little cool acoustic ditty. Love it, man. Should have been longer, like Lee and uh, Charles are saying. I would have liked to have seen this become a full song. See where they would have took it. So then we flip this bitch over. We get to side two. And then we got to I Got a Feeling with Charles Pick. So here's I Got a Feeling on the Freeform Rock Podcast. I've got a feeling, a feeling deep inside, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. I've got a feeling, a feeling I can't hide, oh no, no, oh no, oh no. Everybody had a good year 
Everybody let the hair down Everybody pull the socks up Everybody pull down Oh yeah That was I Got a Feeling. Why'd you pick this track, uh, Charles? Well, unlike Guns N' Roses, where I pick shit songs and then <laughs> shit on it, this is my favorite song on the fucking record. Uh, I, I love it because you actually had a little glimpse of Lennon McCartney finally. They haven't collaborated much since probably... Yeah, Revolver, to be honest. They pretty much came in with their own songs and became editors. But they actually took, hey, I got a part of a song. And I, it, well, on Sgt. Pepper, they did Day Life, which Paul added that part to it. So I guess Sgt. Pepper. Well, two of us, yeah. though, were pretty cool. Now it was written by Paul. Uh, to be, we're you talking know, about singing it, together, though. Yeah. Right. I don't care about the singing. I'm talking about the writing or putting okay. together the song. And John had a part of a song. Paul had a part of a song. Paul still plays it live to this day, which is phenomenal. He hadn't for quite a while, but he added it back now. It's Paul singing is phenomenal on it. I love the just how they intertwine the parts at the end. It's my favorite song in the record. One more I can say about it. What do you think about it, Andy? Yeah, I, I agree. This is one of my favorite songs on the album as well. Um, actually, I was also reading that um, the last time that they had collaborated before this was on uh, Baby, You're a Rich Man. Off of, um, uh, Magical Mystery Tour, yeah. Andy, you there? Andy. I was saying that this is one of my favorite tracks on this song. It's a rocker. Um, also, um, they collaborated on this one, like um, Charles was saying. The last time they had was on Maybe You're a Rich Man off the Magical Mystery Tour. Um, I like the way that they connected two songs together that really didn't go together, but they found a way where Paul did his, and then they added um, John on here so yeah it's one of my favorite songs on this track as well uh, on this album as well so what do you think about it lee the guitar is really good on it and elevates it a little bit but it's mostly a basic jam that isn't developed and after a while it gets tiring 
It's one of the second best songs on the album. It's not one of the first best. Some Billy Preston on some killer electric piano. Man, this is a heavy, heavy guitar on this. And I love it when John comes in and adds so much to this song. This fucking song rules. I fucking love it. Like Charles says, Paul still plays it live. It's a fucking great fucking track. I love it. And Paul's vocals on here too have to oh be. Oh my god! Let's fucking blow your load. Fucking listening to Paul and with John's like chill lyric, you know, singing so good. God damn, they were the best. Oh yeah. And you know when you guys don't pick my favorite song off an album, I have to pick it. So uh -huh. I pick the next track, one after nine oh nine on the Freeform Rock Podcast. one after 909 I picked this song so I'll start first on there this is my favorite song on here with Paul and John doing some rockabilly with some killer fucking groove and those guitar wrists rule 
I think this is fucking George is fucking kicking ass on this fucking song. It's a fucking great fucking song. Fucking great group. I love it. So then I'm going to go with you, Andy. What do you think of One After 909? Oh. oh, this is also just a great, great song. The, you know, this this song was originally done from 1963. They had been working on it, working on it, and then they brought it back out. I thought it was fantastic the way that they were working on it on the movie Get Back. And um, you're right. Um, George is just jamming on this. And um, there were... The way that the song came about back in 1963 was that um, John and Paul wanted uh, to make a train song because there were a lot of train songs going on at that time. Uh, and that's how this song came about, the train song. And um, they were talking about the, you know, about the trains. You know, they were fantasizing about American life at that time because they hadn't been here yet. So that's how this song came about. And it does have that that country rock swagger to it. So, yeah, this is also a great song. This is something I could have heard Elvis or fucking Carl Perkins say back in the day. Exactly. Yeah. You could hear their Elvis influence on this fucking song here. But, uh, uh, Charles, what do you think about this one? I like it, but I really think you should. If you haven't, folks at home, listen to the version on Anthology 1. Woohoo! think it's way better i think they were uh, i don't know why they didn't release this song back then uh it's good it was another one that was recorded on the roof it's a live recording uh, it's good but i still think the version in 1963 was better even if you listen to the anthology one folks you got false starts right before that with some fuck-ups and I thought that was more clever than this version. It's a good little song, but I like the original version better. And I think it fit in better in that time frame. What do you think about it, Lee? This is one of the best songs on the album. Yeah, we agree. It's a down and dirty garage band blues of mean guitar licks that show the Beatles playing at their best. This is really good. Okay, and we get to the next track. I'm just a moment. If I can ask charles a question charles do you think that it would have fit okay and please please me totally i actually you know what album i would have put it on which by the way i don't think it sucks on let it be i think it's cool but i liked that younger beatles doing it but i think it would have been better on beatles for sale get rid of mr moonlight my least favorite Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. right and then we get yeah. to the next track, The Long and Winding Road, which uh, if you listen to the, the Beatles Let It Be Naked, there's no orchestrations on there, which I kind of don't like. Uh, what do you think about this one, Charles? You don't like it? I like the orchestrations better. Actually, I strongly disagree with you. Uh, I, I think this is the one I said where I would have said make a standalone single like they did with Don't Let Me Down, and put this as a standalone single, put Don't Let Me Down on the record, and put I Dig a Pony as the B-side, because I way prefer the Let It Be Naked version over this. This is so, 
we must we might we might as well be riding it's a small world <laughs> song i think he did the same thing with across the universe and i'm i'm sorry to the folks at home i'm just not a f mega fan of this song i never have been i think it's too melodramatic and I think when you add the, it's a beautiful song. I love it. I feel terrible for saying these things. But especially with the massive fucking choral arrangements behind it and stuff. <laughs> the top, I don't think it fits in. And it's a, it's, it's a great song. But I'll tell you what, folks. Check out the Ray Charles version. If you want to hear a very good version of the song, I kind of feel like Paul wrote this for like somebody else. But they did the best they could, and Phil Spector threw everything but the kitchen sink at this, and it was a single, and yeah, it's a number one single, and whatever. It's one of my least favorite number one singles of the Beatles, but I said it on a Paul McCartney Wings live album episode and same thing i just it sounds like demo combat podcast yeah yeah with ralph and ian yep and it sounds like a uh dental office music to me a little bit but and paul would do this from time to time but it's still a tremendous song i don't hate it but it's just eh, i like to let it be naked version it's it's pretty much the only one where i'm like i like the original version better than this what do you think about it, Lee? I'm not a fan of it. I recognize it's well written, but it would be better as a tune on The Sound of Music than this album. It's too syrupy and schmaltzy for me, not my bag. What do you think about it, Andy? Well, when I first heard the song, I loved it. I thought it was great. And then when I heard it on Let It Be Nick, I was like, why the hell did they just do this one? first because i love the let it be naked version a lot better so it makes this version now on this album i wish it was never put on there oh, um wow. also there's alternate lyrics um on the let it be naked you hear real closely um paul sings um you've always known the many ways i've tried compared to you'll never know the many ways i've tried when he says You've always known that sounds even harsher, you know. Um, I love the back to basic sound. I don't like the orchestration. I don't like the the background women choir that oh, all yeah. that he would never so ever use, and they explicitly put it on there. And so um, Alan Klein had a lot to do with this too. Great. Great. And um, it was just what they did to Paul's baby was just horrible. But then again, he had already checked out. You know, the bad things that, that were done on this album, it was partially the Beatles' fault because they had checked out and walked away and left hours and hours of tape for outsiders to do what they want to it. So that's yeah. all I have to say about this. Well, I disagree with all three of you. Uh, yeah, you. I, I, I gotta be my own mark, right? Yeah. There's Paul with that sweet voice again, and those orchestrations with Phil Spector's wall of sound. 
Still, oh, still, George Martin is the best Beatles producer of all time. Guns N' Roses, this must have inspired Don't them for, for, for November Rain and Estranged. Don't bring up Guns N' Roses. <laughs> I have to bring up Guns N' Roses because you're on this show. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, I do. Come on, you know this song I like made the epics from Guns N' Roses. Come on, and a little let die. Better than this version. The version <laughs> on Let It Be Naked, I disagree. Yeah, you know Guns N' Roses got inspired by this. Come on. I think they kind of got inspired by Hey Jude. But I got <laughs> maybe, maybe. And then we get to the next song, For You Blue, which Lee picked. So here's For You Blue on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Because you're a sweet and lovely girl, I love you. Because you're a sweet and lovely girl, it's true. I love you more than. For you, Blue, why'd you pick this, Lee? It's a hip, fun, bluesy, Hawaiian-style slide guitar type of song. And this is more like the type of stuff I like best by George Harrison. It's one of the best songs on the album. And no fucking sitar. What do you think about it, Charles? I agree with Lee. Probably second or third. I don't remember what I said the best song on the album is. But, uh... It's great. John Lennon on a lap steel guitar. 
showing you motherfuckers he can play guitar a little bit. That's right. My second favorite rhythm guitarist of all time behind Malcolm Young. But uh, it's cool. It's so cool. Paul did it on the uh, concert for George. Yep. It's so cool. It's just basic, you know, AED. There you go, Mark. Look that one up. I, I was just going to say, I'm not a guitar nerd, so I don't know what you're talking about. Simple, very simple, easy chords. Just, yeah, that's the roots of rock and roll. Let George bring it back. I mean, George is my third favorite Beatle. I'm not trendy. Me too. But this is a, it's a cool little jam, man. I like it. It works really good here. What did you think about it, Andy? Well, first of all, um, there was a little mistake because I had uh, asked for this song to be my song as well. But then he messaged me back and said, you want to let it be, right? And I had been going back and forth so much about the times and days. I said, yeah, sure, let it be. I mean, I mean, I love Because you both, told me so. let it be, and then I gave Lee your tracks, and then he picked for you blue, so I couldn't okay. change it. So. Oh, well, oh, well, no, that's fine, because I love this song. Also, I was reading that John Lennon used a a um, shotgun shell as the slide. For yeah, the song. totally. Yeah, Damn. he played it with a shotgun shell. All those woke um, people out there ain't happy. Well, Fuck them. That's what he used. So that's the truth. That's the truth. Yep. Um, also, I loved the way that um, George used his voice on here. I thought it was really sweet and while the while the music was a little on the dirty side at the same time so yeah i was a big fan uh for you blue yeah i love george when he doesn't use a sitar uh and this song fucking rules it's a cool little fucking ditty mid-tempo that he's doing i love george's voice i love george's solo albums he made better solo albums than ringo because he is the oh, yeah. best beatle Ringo was kind of cheesy, his stuff, but you know, I would see Ringo's all-star band live because he's got Joe Walsh in there <laughs> and some other good musicians. Yeah, 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 yeah a couple jams, man. Yeah, I, I love Ringo, man, but, you know, we did do a Ringo Star album, and I, I think I liked it, right, Lee? I think you did. Yeah, I think I did like that album. This is all right, man. Good and be. When George doesn't get into that fucking moderate, moderate shit, he's fucking amazing. Like, oh, all things must pass is tremendous. Well, oh, half of it is. It's just it not Plastigono Band, the best solo Beatles guy album ever, but it's, oh, it's close. It's, it's below Band on the Run. Fucking Band and on the Run fucking rules, dude. Oh, and uh, fucking Venus and Mars rules, Venus too. Venus and Mars rules. Speed but plastic and just smokes it just a hair. Just a little bit more. Nah, we, but, you know, I'm in head, so, I mean. But I love Paul, too. Love him. Love him. But All Things Must Pass is tremendous. It is a good album. I like half of it. It uh, goes away from the cool. stuff as a whole. But it's too Phil Spectory, <laughs> if I must say. <laughs> and then we get to the last song on the album, Get Back. What would you think about this, Lee? This sounds great. Like the 45 single mix I had when I was a little kid. It's one of the best songs on the album. It has a groove not like hardly any other Beatles song. It's really good. 
Yeah, I'm going to go next on this one. I, I, I just love the talking before the song starts. <laughs> you hear that shit in the studio. You know, on the naked version, they cut out all this, like, talking shit they were doing on this album. I, I like it. It's kind of raw. It's kind of like, you know, where they're having fun and shit. And this is classic as fuck. Those keys by Billy Preston. My God, I was reading the, the full album uh, produced by Phil Spector and a single version by Martin was better because he added the orchestra. But uh, I fucking love this fucking song, Get Back. And I even like the version that Billy Preston sang in that fucking horrible Peter Frampton uh, fucking Bee Gees movie, Sergeant Peppers. That fucking I've Billy never Pre seen that. Huh? I've never seen that movie. I've seen it a million times. You know, it's a cheesy movie, and I will watch it. That's probably the only thing I like by the Bee Gees, because it has Steve Martin doing Bang Bang, Maxwell Silver. He had Aerosmith come together. But oh, Aerosmith is the evil band in that movie? Gee, that movie's cheesy as fuck, but I would watch it again and again and again and again. I want to You're only contained by the disco Bee Gees. If you go back be behind that, they're fucking awesome. Well, the Bee Gees, when they're singing the Beatles songs in this movie, I, I, I actually liked. You know, they they're fucking I mean, I'm a whatever. I digress. Well, I'm just saying, this is probably the only thing I like by the Bee Gees. It's the fucking Sgt. Pepper's cheesy movie. But, uh, and they had Aerosmith's Evil. You need to see that movie, Andy. It's really cool. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, yeah. not cool. It's pretty bad, but I you just, will enjoy I, the music. It's good cheese, though, right? Come on. Oh, no, I've been it's really bad. To, um, uh, I've been wanting to watch that movie, and I do want to listen to that soundtrack. I just never have. I have it on vinyl. <laughs> you got George Burns? What? Me, Mr. Mustard? What, what does George Burns do? Me, Mr. I don't remember what George Burns does, but I don't remember. Oh. I know that he does something on there. Steve Martin does Bang Bang Maxwell Silver Hammer. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I don't he does hitting people. If I could. All right, who's got Facebook going again? All right. So, hey. Charles, what do you think of this? We're on Get Back, right? Yeah, the last song on the album. Probably technically the best song on the record. However, the single edit is way better. Way, way better than on here. That's my problem with some of the single single releases which were put out on the original Get Back, which never came to fruition, and then it was Let It Be. You know, Paul However, was a smart guy, right? Because he brought uh, uh, fucking Martin back in to produce his shit. Well, however, yeah, but however, John, you get the John, I hope we pass the audition and all that, and it's cool, and when I was able to go to Matthew Street, look at the old Apple headquarters, I had a little tear in my eye, folks, at home, I mean, I really was like, oh my god, they were playing up there, I mean, it's cool, but I really do prefer the single edit, and think you get a little more out of the song, but it's get back, man. I mean, it's in my top twenty easily. A Beatles song is probably my top fifteen. It's phenomenal, and they and you get to see on the Get Back film how Paul just basically worked it from scratch. Genius, absolute genius. So I like it, but I do like the single edit on Past Masters better. What do you think about it, Andy? Oh, I love this song. Absolutely love it. You know the, you know it's got the whole message to get back to that, to, to that basic rock sound, and they do that. 
and they do that and step it up at the same time. You know, um, lyrically, it's a play on words. And again, I, I just think the song is fantastic. And, and the best thing they could have done was to have Billy Preston on this album, which happened by chance, you know, and it just elevated their, their mood and their playing. And that was one of the, the, the important parts on the Get Back movie that's on Disney Plus was him walking in there and just start playing what's in his heart, you know? And the Beatles just went around him and played what's in their heart. And I think that's what brought this whole project together. Yeah, and Billy Preston in that movie, Sgt. Peppers, did a great version of this song. So it's pretty cool. Uh, so I got everybody's opinion on Get Back. Lee, I got yours right? Lee? Did Lee leave? <laughs> I think Lee left us, man. Uh, yeah, well, let's just keep going. Lee, you there? I'm there. Lee. Uh, hold on. Oh, well. All right, man. Lee checked out on us. That's okay. Let's get to our tracks of the week. That's what, That was our review of uh, The Beatles' Let It Be. And then we get to our tracks of the week, which, uh, Charles, you picked Elaine All Shall Burn Acoustic. Oh. Yeah. So what do you think? Man, of I found this group, man. They're yeah. fucking rock. They're metal as fuck, dude. And that's the acoustic version, though, but they're metal. If you don't know Aline, check them out, folks. I, I want to push new bands. I they're not too. like new. Yeah, they're not like new, new. They've been around since like 2014, 2015. But in the States, really nobody really knows them. So let's get them out there. They're great. I mean, I don't necessarily love the growling shit too much, but that girl has a beautiful voice. If you like, like, Evanescence kind of stuff, you'll like this. So, hell yeah. I agree with you. I liked it. You sent it to us. Really good song. And then we get to Andy. You picked uh, Don't Let Me Down by The Beatles, the song that didn't make this album. Why'd you pick yeah, that one? Um, because it belonged on this album. It does. Totally. That's why I picked it. And if you watch, oh, well, we've all watched to get back. John Lennon works on that song tirelessly. He, he wanted that song so badly. And again, Paul fucked him and put it on a B side. Is it just me? Is it just me? But man. I miss John Lennon so much. I miss John oh, no, Lennon I a lot too. too. I do too. But that I that song could that. have been that song could have been one of the biggest hits on that album. It could have been, and yeah. and and it's not. And it's a shame because I love that song so much. And that's why I picked it because it deserved to be on it, and it deserved to be talked about. I know that Charles talked about it. And I was happy that he did. Because it's a great song. So that's why I picked it on here. Yeah. And then uh, we get to Lee's uh, track, uh, Fleetwood Mac Safe Harbor. I didn't hear it. Oh, I did hear it. It's really good. I like it. It's a pretty cool instrumental track. And then at the end, it has some vocals on it. And then I, I picked uh, from Panorama, The Cars, Getting Through. I thought that was a cool Beatles song. Mm. So uh, I think The Cars have a lot of... Uh, 
fucking Beatles song, Beatles tracks on there. Uh, I like the cars. I love the cars. And I did a review with the Rock All Over You podcast on the Candy O. That'll Do come up some... soon. Yeah. yeah. All right. I love the cars. And they fucking ruled. Uh, he said I removed him. I didn't remove you, Lee. One second. <laughs> One second. Well, we're finishing it now, Lee. I'm sorry. I'm going to do the video. But I, but I all of a sudden just slept, and I don't know what happened, so it went on a long time. Well, we said... That's, we that's partly the thing. It's like you just keep going on a long time, and finally I sleep. I'm well, sorry. Right. Fuck off. Well, we, we said your it. we said your track of the week was Fleetwood Mac okay. Safe Harbor, and then you got your right. your track, which is Rebellion. So you know what, Lee, are you going to do the video or not? Or I'm just going to have Charles on. I guess I can do a, do one more. I'll time. do it too. Why not? You do the video. You want to be on the video, Andy? <laughs> yeah, sure. When? That'll be right after about five minutes after we're I done. Need with about this. fifteen minutes. Fifteen uh, minutes. Fifteen minutes. All right. 15 oh yeah, minutes. that's fine. All right, man. So then we end with Lee's track, Rebellion. Lee, say goodbye, bitch. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Another song, right, okay, George. How about, uh, what have you got up your sleeve, John? Uh, what about Don't Let Me Down? Yeah, that's a bloody good one. Uh, Don't Let Me Down Blues. Again. Don't Let Me Down the Road Again Blues. Short but funny, you're my desire. Come on, boys. Come on. Zap Monthly.
the best of rock and heavy metal and some Duran Duran. <laughs> Just joking. Where am I? Tune into thatmetalstation.com every Tuesday night to hear the Freeform Rock Show. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, only on thatmetalstation.com. You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artist by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.